The theme of, the, of, of today is identity and restoration. Our first Bible reading is coming from John 17, verse 20 through to 23. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The second reading comes from Luke 4, 18 to 19 from the NIV. The Spirit of the Lord is on me so that they may be brought... Uh, sorry. The Spirit is of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And the third reading comes from John 10, 10 out of the NIV. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. Um, we'll invite Michael up uh, to share a word with us um, this morning. So I'd like to introduce Michael to you, and if we may just be able to pray for you. We'll get on this side. Heavenly Father, just um, lift up Michael this morning and his words, that may his words be your words, and that it has uh, the, the giving of life and restoration. In the name of Jesus, amen. Good morning, everybody. Just getting the tech up and running. Um, it's a real honor to be with you this morning. Um, and so I thank you. Thank you for the invitation that you trust me in bringing a message that would glorify God. And perhaps we can go away feeling encouraged today. Um, and like has already been shared, I would like to talk about identity and embracing the person that God sees, sees in each and every one of us. And let me be clear from the start, it isn't about pressuring you or suggesting that you're inadequate by no means. right? Because what we do know is that our identity is in Christ. However, we can find ourselves struggling with our brokenness and how we perceive ourselves. Um, what also is true is that who I am meant to be is often not the person I see when I look in a mirror or there's reflecting back through a window. I strongly believe that God has more to offer us in the terms of restoration and freedom and healing. And spoiler alert, we are all in need of restoration. We all need his love, his care, his healing, and this is why Jesus came. The real question is maybe, do I have the courage to step into that? But before we get started, I thought it would be a good idea to share a little bit about myself because you've got this strange guy up here and you have no idea who I am. So, um, You know, my name is Michael. I have been married. Uh, we just celebrated 30 years of marriage with this beautiful woman up here in front. Thank you. Praise God. Um, and all applause goes to her. Yeah, you would know that, obviously. Um, we have two wonderful children. 
who have two wonderful partners, uh, not both of them, one of them has a partner and the other one has a partner. Uh, and we have, since three months, we have our first grandson, which is wonderful. Um, I keep myself busy with a few things. I am a psychotherapist, or better known as a counsellor. Um, I have a private practice, and I just love helping people discover all they can be in Christ. I am also a business owner, completely unrelated to the health profession. Uh, for those who are interested, it's solar panels. Um, I am an author, although I've written one book. I don't know if you can say an author, but yes, I love writing. Together with uh, Landa, we have a ministry called The Goal is Life. Um, and this is actually our, our passion, where we facilitate retreats and help people on a journey of discovery, uh, discovering who God is. But I'll share a little bit more about that as we go along this morning. I am currently also finishing two degrees, one in divinity and one in masters of counseling. I can prove to you that I'm pretty good at counseling, not so much in the divinity side, but I'll leave that up to you guys this morning. I was born in South Australia, but due to family developments many years ago, um, I found myself in the Netherlands at the age of 11. And so if you're detecting an accent, then you know where that's coming from. And uh, consequently, I spent 35 years of my life there. And it's a strange country because um, as an Aussie, you're in Holland and you have to learn a new language. And the best way I can describe that is, is that they're gurgling something out of their throat the whole time. It's a lot of the <laughs> going on. Anyway, I was 23 when I came to Christ. And uh, ever since then, my life has been smooth sailing. Was that a laugh? Because obviously that's not the case. And I would guess that's not the case for any of us. But before we get into all of the goodness that God wants to share this morning, I would like to pray as well. Father, thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. Thank you that you are here. Father, we do pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds for that you, that you want to share with us this morning. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And this, I pray in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Right. I think it's becoming increasingly harder and harder to have clarity about who we are. It's, it's those questions, those inner questions that we all have once in our life. Who am I? Where am I going? What's my purpose? That's not an age-related thing. When we're young, we tend to think that, oh, yeah, life is my pearl and I'll conquer it. But as we get older, we question ourselves all the time. And it doesn't take much we did turn on the news and we can see that there's wars and rumors of wars, as the Bible talks about. And it'd be quite unsettling, right? We have ongoing wars in Russia and Ukraine. Sudan is at war with itself. Israel has been bombarded in recent weeks again. And in total, as of this morning, I did check, there are 30 countries at war and 110 armed conflicts currently. We have just come through a major pandemic where many of us have suffered physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually even. And we find ourselves in a time where people are so confused about their identity and sexuality that it almost seems that behaviours, no matter how extreme, are permissible, are acceptable. 
And good is considered evil, and evil is considered good, I think. And Scripture warns us about this, and Isaiah says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and shrewd in their own sight. It is clear that the world around us is struggling. And let's be real, we're a part of this world as well. We cannot remain indifferent. We can be so absorbed and distracted by what's going on, let's be honest, technology, social media, the news, that we can be not only distracted but blind to the most basic questions. What are we facing? Especially in this technology-driven environment, it's something that Carl Jung said. He's considered the founder of modern-day psychology. And he says, the world will ask you who you are. And if you don't have an answer, the world will tell you. And within the current climate, it is obvious, and I think it's needless to say, that our identity is challenged. It is questioned at the very least. The way we think, reflect, believe, respond to events, to relationships, stems from a deeper place of knowing who I am. And as a Christian, we don't ask the world. We shouldn't ask the world. But the reality is, however, that as we grow and develop, as we are influenced by many things, it is the old nature versus nurture debate. Yes, to some degree, we are who we are because of our biology, our genetic code, our DNA, our design. But on the other hand, our character, our personality is very much influenced by our environment, our childhood, our upbringing, our parents, how we've been treated, how others have treated us, how we interact with others. And the deeper inner questions we all can wrestle with at some point in our lives, who am I, what am I doing here, what is life about, is often twofold. One is that we have indeed taken our question to the world, right? which means I identify with what I do, right? So... The answers need to be, or the questions need to be answered through work, through friends, through parents, through all kinds of interactions, through serving. This can be all kinds of things. And the way that our question has been answered has influenced us, has affected us into the person we are today. We can also be so burdened by our baggage those delicate, broken places within us, the disappointments, the guilt, the shame that we've been carrying for so many years, that we avoid these questions altogether because it can be quite scary. It can be hard if we start digging there, right? And neither of these two options are helpful, nor is it what God wants for you. Let me put it this way. Our grandson, like I said, is three months old. And he has parents who love and care. They're doting on him. 
and he needs their attention 24-7. Of, of course he does. He can't do anything for himself. And they love him and they care for him and so do we as grandparents. But I think I'd be utterly, utterly disappointed if he was 25 and came up to ask granddad what he was supposed to wear today. Right? There is supposed to be development and it's not just in practical things. It's emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. Just look back on your own life. Hasn't your journey been one of exploration? Hasn't it been one of growth? And today I'd like to say to you that growth, your growth, your healing, your restoration, it's not over. It's still very much a part of your story. Paul offers some helpful thoughts on this matter as how we can find that and where should we start looking. He's writing a letter to the Romans, right? It's to his Christian brothers, but he's actually speaking about the fact that we have no excuse because even the unbelievers can figure this out. He says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his internal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that he has made so that we are without excuse and so even the unbelieving has no excuse then we have no excuse surely God has made himself clear from the literal beginning and what Paul is actually referring to is Genesis we all know the creation story right in the beginning there is creation we have this it's a beautiful kind of crescendo that's going on. God creates the heavens and the earth. God creates the skies. He creates the, the soil. And then he, he creates the living animals. He creates the fish and the birds. He creates vegetation. And then the story comes to a crescendo and says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. And so who we are, how we should see ourselves, can be found right here. In God is everything made. And his plan for mankind can be found here. It is because of the world, technologies, the lies that we've heard in our lives, the disappointments, the brokenness, the challenges that we all face, the very busy lives that most of us live, that it's becoming increasingly hard to have some clarity in life. And because of all of this, what we are now seeing are people who are embracing their brokenness. They're actually celebrating their brokenness and in an effort to identify with whatever they feel is appropriate, they are calling this freedom. And ironically, that is the complete opposite of what Jesus teaches us. Jesus is quite clear on his mission and what he has come to do for us. We just read about it in Luke 4, but that's a direct 
quote from Isaiah 61, where it says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness. And I'd like to draw your attention to the three aspects of what God is talking about here for you and for me. It's healing and restoration. That's binding up the brokenhearted. Right? It is freedom, which is a result of restoration. And it is clarity. Understanding who I am. Understanding who God is. Having some clarity in life is very helpful. So that, if that is Jesus' mission statement, then he also had a vision for you and me. And that's, in my opinion, John 10. He says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now, I can't have a full life if I'm still struggling with who I am. Just basic questions. Lord, what am I doing here? Where am I going? We need clarity. But in order to have clarity, we need restoration. We need healing. This is Jesus' desire for you and me. And if we want any of that kind of life, any of the fullness, then that requires some clarity. And I believe that we can get a lot closer than where we are today. The analogy that came to mind when I was preparing uh, for this morning was actually this. Does anybody know what this is? Is that good? Yeah, yeah that works. Anybody want to give it a go? It's a what? Yep, it's a kit. Can you, make, can you make out what kind of kit? Yeah, cool. Can we have the next slide, Sharon? It, it's actually that. Isn't that amazing? Can you imagine building that ship without the box it came in? Right? At the very minimum, if you buy the box, you'll have a beautiful picture on the front. You go, ooh, well, at least I've got something. But if you open up the box, you'll discover all these pieces. But it will have a manual. It'll have a step-by-step -step guide. And then you actually kind of, you know, even if you don't like these kind of hobbies, you'll probably manage to put it together. Right? In this same way, this is the offer of the gospel. Jesus, at the end of his ministry, is praying to the Father. And he is acknowledging the mission he has received from the Father and that he has accomplished it. That's what we read in John 17. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. We are a blueprint of God. That's what we read in Genesis. Created in his glorious image. And if we have any desire to develop in life as emotional, psychological, spiritual, healthy human beings, we must turn to God for the questions we have about ourselves. And we can do this because we know that God is not an idea. He's not a manual. He's not a theory. He's not a religion. 
God is your Father who created you. He wants to speak into these things. Isn't it just fascinating when we, when we consider uh, the origin of identity? Obviously, I had to do a little bit of research for you guys this morning. And um, the word identity comes from Latin, identitas, which means equivalent or equal to. Isn't that fascinating? That we are equal to. The Merriam-Webster describes identity as sameness in all that constitutes the objective reality of a person or a thing. And then they add the word oneness. I was just, my mind was blown. I'm going, wow, I've never thought of that. It is oneness, oneness with God. We are literally a blueprint, carbon copy of our creator. And oneness with God is the key. What would your life look like if you were freer to be your true self? Less anxiety, more confidence? Less stress versus more freedom? Less internal conflict versus more inner peace? Knowing who you are with all your intricate and delicate uniqueness and beautiful complexities that make you the person who you are today and who you are becoming. This is, in my humble opinion, an extremely important message today. Because most of us want to avoid discomfort. We want to avoid these questions because it's hard. The most common emotional and psychological issues people struggle with are identity-related issues. Right? As a therapist, anxiety, feeling troubled, lost, fear, anger, self-doubt are all very common issues. And these issues can lead to all kinds of mental health challenges that science and society have labeled as depression, attention deficit disorders, bipolar, and so on. And then many of us have suffered childhood challenges, loss, grief. And sadly, some of us have experienced some real trauma events in our lives. And are you aware that over two in five Australians aged 16 to 85 experience a mental health disorder? And the most common is anxiety, actually. 3.3 million a year. That's some sobering details for you. I don't share this to be the Debbie Downer, or as we tend to say in Australia, the wet blanket. right? But these, this is the harsh reality we face. And to be clear, this, this is, these stats, right? it's not just from the secular world. As a psychotherapist, all of my clients are Christians. As in 100%. My encouragement this morning, though, perhaps a challenge to some of you maybe, is to reflect upon some of these questions together with God. Who am I? What do I want for my life? Lord, what do you want for my life? What a great question. 
Because if you know who you are, where you're headed, what kind of person you want to be, that's very helpful, right? When we have focus. When we have focus, we automatically lean into that what we're focused on. Right? If, we, if our focus is God, we're leaning into God. I believe this is the central theme of the gospel. It is restoration. It is healing. It is supposed to bring clarity, focus, meaning, purpose, validation, healing, affirmation. All of these things lead to freedom. It is the oneness with Jesus that sheds light on who we are and who we are becoming. Because we are always developing. Always developing. In Ephesians it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. That is a lot of text, but let's just strip away all all of the religious jargon, right? And just think about it. We have a father, and it is his greatest pleasure and will that you are his child. I hope it is clear by now that ultimately the question isn't so much about who am I, rather it is who am I in relation to God. Right, this is not a postmodern uh, talk I'm having this morning. And this is the core of our ministry, by the way. Londa and I have a share of ministry where we help people discover all they can be in Christ. We organize, organize uh, four-day retreats where we spend a lot of time with God. A lot of time discovering truths about who God is, who we are. I would say it's the best thing ever. Having a relationship with God allows for him to speak to us, to speak into these matters. It's funny, as a a counsellor, I'm often asked the question, if I integrate God within the therapeutic relationship, and my response is always the same, how can I not? How can I not? Every theory around psychology, every theory, every science-backed, evidence-based theory stems from God's mission to heal the brokenhearted and set the captives free. It's all about... Restoration, it's all about clarity. God has made everything known to us, and he knows that we struggle. He says in John 14, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What a silly thing to say if we wouldn't be troubled. What a silly thing to say if we can't be afraid. Of course we can be afraid. Of course we can be troubled. God knows this. We must lean into God. We must learn to turn our hearts to him because he has the answers we seek. 
Who am I? Where am I going? Who am I becoming? Can only be answered in relation to God. He should be your focus. He's the one who provides clarity. Knowing God is the key to knowing yourself. It's kind of like the analogy from the ship, right? If I want to know how to build that thing, I need to have an understanding of what the designer had in mind. That's why he gives us a manual. Right? Um, uh, uh, let me give you a psychological principle that might be very helpful. We're talking about motorbikes this morning with Matt, right? And uh, I have a motorbike. I love, I love it, right? Um, I'm not brave enough most of the time, but um, I have a bike that's way too much for me. Um, but I love it. Now, one of the principles with motorbikes, if you know anything about motorbikes, is that where, where you focus is where you're going. It's not like a car, your steering wheel in a car. You turn the steering wheel and that's where you're headed. If I do that on a motorbike, I'll fall flat on my face. The steering is actually done with your body. And your body follows the head, right? It's where you're focused. And so... If I'm leaning into a corner, I'm looking into the corner and then automatically the bike follows. Does that make sense? Now, if there's a tree right in front of me and I'm focused, I'm not hitting the tree, I will hit the tree because my focus is on the tree. That's very unhelpful on a motorbike, I can tell you that. And it takes a lot of courage, even though you're afraid of hitting the tree, not to focus on the tree, but to focus on the corner. And then you get brave when you actually lean into the corner because when you lean in, then you discover that, wow, this actually goes really well. And that's the same with God. We need to lean into God. God needs to be our focus. If we're not focused on God, we can't get any healing. No tips and tricks are going to help you. No preacher from Flagstaff Hill is going to help you. That's where we live, by the way. You need to focus on God. Lean into him. Do I have all the answers? Nope. Um, I do know who God is. I do know who God is for me. Let me finish by sharing some words on how I see God. He is the most compassionate. He is loving, caring, the creator of heavens and the earth. He is one God, yet three in one. He is your rescuer and your redeemer. He is unique, omnipotent. He is beyond our understanding and the limitations of any man, yet he makes himself known to us. He is forever accessible and always present. God is everywhere all the time, yet he is closer to you than the breath in your lungs. When you call on him, he listens. When you ask, he responds. No image can be made of him, yet he makes himself known. God is a warrior, an adventurer. He's a risk taker. God will never leave you. He is the rock on which you can stand. God is not a religion. He's not a theory or an idea. God is your father, the one who strengthens you and gives you peace. Amen? Let us pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for who you are in our lives. Thank you that you are our Father and that you are always with us. 
Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you sent your son and sacrificed him so that we may live. Thank you that we have a relationship now with you, Father. Thank you, Jesus, for that, uh, that sacrifice that you made. Lord, we honor you as our Father. And we do pray, Lord, that you would continue to lead us in our life, uh, to show us what we need on our journey, to reveal the things that are helpful. Lord, um, reveal those things that are helpful to help me grow, to help me develop as your son, as your daughter. And so all of these we pray in the mighty name of your son and our rescuer, Jesus Christ. Amen.